Welcome to another episode of Board Game Thing. We are, as ever, communicating via video networks. I'm joined by Brian over there. We've got Jess over there. We've got producer Ross in his uh, penthouse apartment recording us as well, which is an amazing thing. Look at Ross's apartment on the video there, guys. Well, wow. Tell everyone we can see. It's like a, it's like a cool, uh, you know, exposed brick East London-style recording studio. Oh. Amazing. Uh, welcome to another edition of uh, Board Game Thing, uh, powered by the lovely people at Zatu Games. This week we are talking about storytelling games, which are great because you don't need a board. A lot of them are card-based and stuff. We'll get onto that in a minute. Uh, first of all, a quick thank you to uh, the people who've got in touch during the week since we were last on with the podcast uh, with some stuff via our, either our email podcast at zatu.co.uk or the Instagram at Board Game Thing. Huge thank you to Sputnik Writer who sent us a brilliant photo of, uh, he listens to the podcast when he's doing the big shop. Oh, uh, all, nice. Always intrigued, you know, the, the ways that you listen to this podcast and what you're doing whilst it's on. Uh, so he sent a brilliant photo of him in the queue at Morrison's, which was a nice thing. Uh, just um, behind the, uh, what's his know. name? Sputnik? Sputnik Writer. Sputnik, don't forget to get milk. Do not forget the milk. There That's you go. Well, we can just give him some reminders. I did a big shop buy. earlier on and completely forgot to get bin bags. So I've got to go back out and get them oh, a little bit later on. It's a pain, isn't it? It negates the whole point of the big shop yeah. if you get forget even just one item. Hmm. Then it's a yeah, series like have, of small little shops. I'd like to have a crackdown on super thin bin bags. You know, you never quite know whether you're going to get poor quality bin bags. It's what a wind-up that mm. is as well. Isn't it a wind-up? A big thank you to Phil Coulson. I don't know if you saw this on uh, on our Instagram. I mentioned the other week about I'd love to do pro shuffling. You know people who can shuffle cards during a board game, but like a croupier might do in a casino? Have you seen those skills? Don't trust people that can shuffle. Don't like it. I can do that. Can you? I can make it go a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up playing cards and um, my mum taught me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I can do it a little bit. I haven't got any cards to show you, though. Sorry. Oh, well, I'd love to see that. I mean, I'd love to be able to do it. Phil Colson sent in a brilliant uh, video to us at Board Game Thing of him doing uh, croupier-style pro shuffling. And if you've got Ooh. skills like that, have a little look at his video. If you can better that, get in touch with us right now. Uh, Jess, tell everyone what you have been doing mostly this weekend in terms of a game or entertainment. Oh, so I used uh, my Christmas voucher and right. I bought a jigsaw puzzle because what else am I going to do? Because my internet's broken as well during a lockdown, which is just brilliant. So I went and got myself a jigsaw from um, WH Smith. I got a 500 piece. It's Ooh. it's like a it's like a country baby. house. Is that a baby version? If it's 500 no, pieces, uh, is it? It's not easy, and it's like um it's like watercolor. And it's like a house with a pretty garden. Um, And me and my housemates started it after a couple of glasses of wine last night. And um, yeah, I hate it, but I love it. (laughs) But I hate it and it makes me want to scream. But it's also like super chill. Like, I don't know if you guys do it. Like I've done a jigsaw this year because a lot of people are. But the the thing is, is that you got to get the edges first. And that's the worst bit. Me. So we were one piece away from finishing it. Couldn't find it anywhere. No idea. I kept. I went through every. I went through like four hundred and fifty pieces yeah. to try and find this thing three times. Have a guess as to where the piece was. Where? Under my chair. <laughs> under that's, my chair. That's drinking while you do a jigsaw for you. Why? Why did you put it under your chair? You should probably have it with I the rest of the jig, put jigsaw it pieces. Under my chair, Brian. Doesn't, doesn't seem very chill to me, Jess. By the way that you're reacting to some of our, I think, quite legitimate questions about your jigsaw experience. 
I when I see myself, I imagine myself playing a jigsaw or doing a jigsaw. You don't play a jigsaw, do you? you just do a jigsaw. I imagine mm. that I'm I'm wearing a NHS dressing gown and, I, and I'm I've, maybe I'm recovering from something or I'm <laughs> I, I, like, you know interned for a bit. That's what the way I see myself do a jigsaw. Would you ever do a jigsaw, Brian? I I. I hate jigsaws so much. Let's let's set the scene. Back in 1989, Brian went to direct direct Smith again in uh, Enfield Town and bought a. I think it might have been a thousand piece jigsaw because I was a bit more, you know, a bit more uh, sort of cerebral than uh, Jess's. Um, double that was double what Jess did then. Double, double what Jess did. Yeah, double the amount double. of pieces, right? Yeah. Um, and it was a Dallas Cowboys uh, jigsaw puzzle. Got home thinking it's going to be the greatest thing ever, and it's just the most frustrating thing. And ever since then, I've just I've just hated them. Right now, I'll send you a picture. You can put it up on our socials. My wife has bought, I think, a thousand piece jigsaw or maybe a hundred piece jigsaw for her and the kids to do. And all it's done is take up the kitchen table for about two months. It's yeah. just yeah. still there, not even a quarter completed. They've just done the outsides. That's it. And I, I hate them. I hate them. Well, mm. it is. It's very divisive. So you've got to respect jig- jigsaws for that because you know in life things that people think are all right is you know by the by but I, li- I like things that are like make people think one way or the other we've asked on uh, our board game thing insta are jigsaws good or evil what are people saying so sean um got in contact on our insta and said i bought my mum a clear jigsaw for christmas if that wasn't difficult enough i paid extra to have two additional pieces added that are useless that don't fit anywhere hashtag evil that is Horrible. Why do you have a clear jigsaw? Is that so you can put it over another picture, or, or what's, why no, do you do that? No, I, just to, to make it tougher. Just to, yeah, yeah. I've seen people that do um, just a black jigsaw, complete, just black, yeah. nothing on it, like the front of the Metallica album, just that for fun. These people are insane. I don't know why they, they do. They are it. insane. Yeah. There's also, we had another um, comment as well. I can't remember who it's from, but someone, uh, there's a baked bean pizza as well, which is just nearly impossible. Um, <laughs> Natalie got in touch as well and said, I don't understand how people enjoy them. They're just so boring. I'm sure there's a level full of hell, which is never ending compulsory jigsaws. Aww. And I do, the thing is, Natalie, like I do understand, like I do get it, but um, what else have I got to do? I've got the internet, so I can't watch anything. What else am I going to do? I've I've done I've literally cleaned the house ten million times, so I do agree. But I haven't got anything better to do. And one from Zoe, she said, "Good, I've done six since the first lockdown. That's six more than I've done in thirty years. I found them really relaxing. Fair, lovely, fair, fair play. Each there is own. that element to it. There is the element of mindfulness, but then just just mm-hmm. go and do some mindfulness. Don't go and get involved in the in the bad world of <laughs> j- jigsaws. It's just a slippery slope. Where where are you where are you after that? You're at Sudoku's, aren't you? Um, mm. Jasmine has sent one in. This is fascinating. She sent a picture in with it as well, and it, she says, "I did one of these over New Year. The most frustrating thing ever. It was a relief to move on to a normal one sided jigsaw after it was done." What she sent is she sent a picture of a jigsaw, which is a double sided jigsaw. Oh my word. What? So and it's the I don't know why, but apparently if you flip it, so it's it's one picture and it's the same on both sides, right? Yeah. But the way it's done is that if you, even though it looks right, it might not be right, and it it messes you up further down. <laughs> I don't need that in my life. Most, I know it's just like people purposely making their lives hard. It's, it reminds me of you remember like people used to just do a marathon. Remember that people used to just do a marathon, and that's oh well done, you've done a marathon. But like now, that's not good enough, is it? People have to do thirty marathons in thirty days, or mm. ten marathons in half an hour, or do you know what I mean? Or do, do a marathon dressed as like a, a you know deep sea diver. You know what I mean? It's it's the same as that. <laughs> you're with right. Jigsaws. You're absolutely right. And do you know what? Actually. 
I've noticed this more in lockdown that people are boasting about their jigsaws a lot more on social yeah. media. It, it's like the you know people that have. How do you know if someone's done an Iron Man? Oh yeah, <laughs> <They'll>, you <laughs> know because they'll tell you. They'll tell you. They'll tell you they've done. Oh, I've done an Iron Man. I've done an Iron Man. Yeah, okay, yeah. How long it is the same with jigsaws, and I think people are, are starting to just grate on me a little bit. So I'm just going through some of these. Uh, entries that people because we asked are jigsaws evil we've had quite a few from people saying they really enjoy them but i'm just i'm just going to go to the other side now and do some from people that don't enjoy them mark adamson says they're the purest of evil just draw a badly drawn picture of a 1950s village without all those odd shaped lines ruining it i like that that's a good point dennis here he's, he's on the fence i don't know if you guys can maybe try and work out which way he goes um my sister-in-law doesn't and she's sinister as f <laughs> given the sister-in-law Given the opportunity, she'd go for world domination. Effing jigsaw with one hand, reading glasses on the end of her nose, and controlling a laser with a joystick on the other, pointed at some bugger strapped to a table. Oh yeah. So I think I think Dave says they are evil. I think that's why he's he's coming down the side of evil. Do you know the interesting thing is we're, we're about to talk about uh, our main storytelling game that we've been playing this week, and it, it's kind of a murder mystery thing, kind of hooks into the detective thing that we were doing last week. The only way that you get me doing a jigsaw is is to combine. The puzzle element of it, and I'm into board games, so that kind of works for me. But with also maybe my my obsessive uh, thing about true crime. So would that be bad taste to have like a, a, a what a, one a, of the Jack Ripper <laughs> victims? I don't know. Or what about this? Taking take um, take jigsaws to the next level. It's some kind of murder mystery thing, and it's the face of the actual uh, murderer, and you don't know that until you build the actual jigsaw. And find out I who like it is. It. I like Do you it. Know what, I mean? what about this? What about this uh, 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 catchphrase jigsaw? So you'll put, you know how like in uh, catchphrase they take away the jigsaw pieces. Oh yeah, yeah Mr. And you've got to guess what it is. And the first person, as you're making the jigsaw, to shout out what the thing is, they win the game. That means you don't have to complete the jigsaw either. Brian, I think that's good. Bush, your idea has a huge flaw in it. What is it? Is that we need a picture to work from. But like the picture would be the person who it. Oh, I see what you yeah, mean. Yeah, but you, yeah, but you need a picture to mean, work yeah. from for a jigsaw. Otherwise, you literally have to put every single jigsaw piece into every single slot. That's not fun. That's like working in a factory. That's yeah, solving this, a that's crime. That's a good mate. point. It's a good point. Jess has called you up on that before you go right. and pitch it to MB Games if or you, whatever. If you can improve on the 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 modern uh, jigsaw as it stands in 2021, get in touch with us now. You can drop us a message at Board Game Thing. Right, this is all about storytelling uh, games in this episode. We've been playing a fantastic collaborative storytelling game this week called Tall Pines, uh, which is a card game made by uh, a little company. And this is a good thing, right? Um, there are lots of brilliant big board games made by big publishers out there, which is cool, but there are loads of brilliant independent publishers who are applying their trade on things like Etsy and Drive Through RPG, where you can download the pieces, print and play. So you don't have to go and buy them from a shop. You can pay a small amount, it goes directly to the publisher, print them out yourself normally sneak it at work quite difficult these days cut out the cards and sort them yourself and this is exactly what you can do with this tall pine so if you like the sound of it look it up and try it print it play it yourself it's essentially a game where you work together to create an episode of tall pines which is another word for twin peaks really so if you love the whole david lynch movie thing you play these cards together you create an episode of it as if it's a tv show going out on telly on a saturday night and everyone's sitting around watching it and here's what happened uh, what you have to do at the very beginning is, uh, first of all, and this is why I'll share my screen, is you have to decide how our main protagonist, the person in it, what their name was, 
and how they die. Barry. It's called Barry. No, that's my stepdad's name. Okay, uh, Steve. That's my uncle's name. Can we not? Can we not have anyone that's anyone of Jess's family is the victim? Because I think that would be too much. Nigel. I want it to be called Nigel. That's my dad. That's my dad's oh, name. Oh, for crying What's out loud! What's going on? Um, no, I tell you what. Let's Shane. My brother's called Shane. 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 I know you guys didn't get on, but actually make him sound like he has passed on. All right, it's called Shane. It's a good name. <laughs> According to the story here, um, he is one of the town's youngest and brightest, had a bright future ahead of him. What was, what was Shane's thing? What, what was his thing? Okay, aspiring NFL quarterback. Brilliant. Aspiring NFL quarterback. Let's have a ridiculous college team. Let's get Jess to make up. Brian, you think of the town in America. Jess, you come up with the uh, the animal or emblem that they would be. So they are the, what town's it, Brian? Cactusville. The Cactusville, Jess? Dash hounds. You mean dashhound, like the dog? Yeah, because I know you hate them. Right, I see, I see. The Cactusville dashhounds. I got it. Okay, fine. I don't want to derail the game, but you'd think that if the, the town was called Cactusville, you'd, it's a, a tap-in, isn't it, to be... It's fine, it's, it's fine, it's fine. No, that's too easy, Bush. You'd think that their symbol then would be a cactus, but it's a dashhound, so it's not. Do, do you know who that used to be? You remember the Miami Dolphins? Yeah. Right? The Miami Dolphins, they've changed it now, but their logo on the side of their helmets used to be a dolphin wearing an American football helmet with an M on the side. Yeah. Which, if you think about it logically, that means the dolphin doesn't support the Miami Dolphins, he's supporting a different team, because if... if, <laughs> if if the dolphin supported the Miami Dolphins, oh. he'd have the Miami Dolphin. It would like be an infinite thing going like logo. It's like you a logo within a logo within a logo within yeah, a yeah, logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we go back to Shane for a second here, please? Shane was an aspiring NFL Sorry, quarterback. Yeah, how yeah. did he die? This, yeah, this is the other thing fine. you need to set the scene of. How did he die? How has he been found in this episode of Tall Pines? You know, in American American sports, they love getting those um, big buckets of Gatorade mm. yeah. and they tip, him, they tip him over the coach's head he's, he's found head down in a Gatorade yeah head that's good down drowned in Gatorade bucket mm. yeah I'm into that so at least at the very least he would have gone out hydrated <laughs> any Americans listening to this uh, if you want to pitch or, or take this idea for any form of a series do get in touch we are willing to sell this on okay so the victim is Shane's aspiring NFL quarterback I mean, the, the, the ultimate college Let's speak to our protagonists then and just name them very quickly. The first one is the privileged athlete. So these are the movers and shakers uh, in the in this episode. What's his name? What, Wayne. He's called Wayne. Wayne. Wayne, <laughs> Wayne and Shane. Uh, Wayne and Shane. Uh, and uh, let's see what the question is on the front. You have to answer the question. Uh, why did you think your relationship with the victim was just for show? So this is the question that gets you thinking about their relationship. I know. So obviously they're a team, so they need to get on. But I feel like maybe Wayne was a bit jealous of Shane. Maybe Shane was doing better in his footballing career than Wayne. Shane? Uh, it's complicated, isn't it? Maybe Wayne was the backup quarterback and he's not getting a look in. But he has to be friends with him because they're, they're a team, but actually hates him. Uh, the next protagonist is the federal agent. What are we going to call him or her? Lorraine! <laughs> this is fun. Lorraine, yeah. Next protagonist is the spoiled debutante. So uh, this is the kind of Laura Palmer style, uh, posh sorority girl. The question is, what upper class pleasure did you introduce the victim to? Let's get her name first of all. Elaine. That's it. That's good. So she's, she is the, the perfect all-American girl, but secretly she has got Shane into narcotics. Is that what it is? Cocaine. She's got him into cocaine. She's got him on a bad coke habit. Elaine has got Shane into cocaine. <laughs> this is amazing. 
final uh, protagonist that we need to deal with is the bad influence. Uh, and what, what's, what's this guy do? Uh, he's a bad influence. And the question is, what did the victim tell you he was scared of? So he's scared of... If he's a bad influence, can I give him his profession? Go on. Estate agent. Uh, what did the victim tell you they were scared of? The bad influence. The energy drinks. <laughs> 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 petrified of winning the league because he knew that he'd get the Gatorade tipped on top of him and he absolutely hates it. <laughs> he's throwing games. Just can't stand electrolytes. Just can't stand them. Literally can't stand the electrolytes. And the sticky stuff in his head just, it makes him really ick. And what's his name? What's the bad influence called? Dwayne. I'm going to pick Wayne as the protagonist. Uh, the camera comes in across the front yard. You know those kids' slides? It hasn't been used in years, and it's just it's cracked from being in constant daylight. Do you like that? This is good. I could be a screen. I could be a screenwriter. Wayne's Wayne's house sounds pretty frayed at the edges. Then, as we track across his lawns, it's pretty. Bad. And then we go up to up to the first floor, up to his bedroom, uh, and it's this is Wayne's bedroom. His trophies are neatly displayed, textbooks spilled across the desk, and dozens of hidey holes, reluctant to give up their secrets. I know what's in those hidey holes. If he is a eighteen-year-old man. <laughs> It's weird, isn't it? So let's just say, let's just say, there's a lot of grot. In there. As we stand in 2021, this is just an aside. Do you think that magazine adult material is still a thing? So you're saying, is there any more physical grot in the world, or is it all virtual grot? Is there any physical grot? Again, maybe people. This I don't want to derail the episode with this, but outboard game thing. It'd be interesting to know, that's all. So what's the deal with Wayne then in this scene? He's in his bedroom. His bedroom hides secrets. What are the secrets that his bedroom hides, do you reckon? I think in his bedroom is pictures of Shane, like, doing well in his career with, like, with like mean things written on it or like with oh, maybe he's, with he's, a... he's scratched the eyes out and put coins over them. Yeah. Like, he's obviously got really annoyed one night and there's a picture of Shane, like, Getting a touchdown? I don't know what. Yeah. Maybe he's uh, maybe he's cut Shane out, Shane out of uh, you know you get that kind of big American football team photo where you, you, you're around the trophy. He's cut his face out of every single one. Stuck. Maybe stuck his own face onto Shane's face in all the uh, magazine articles about him. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Okay, so I'm going to play a scene card and it says to forget just for a night, to enjoy some good company and good cheer, and try and pretend it never happened. So I'm thinking that Wayne is going to go and have a drink. But I think when he sat at the bar, he's going to stumble across Dwayne, the realtor. So I'm going to pick Lorraine. Lorraine, the federal agent uh, who is investigating Gatorade killings. Maybe the, 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 the cameras have been turned on her. So anyway, the reporter asks her a question and says, look, you've worked cases like this in the past and the killer's gotten away. Uh, what makes you think this is going to be different? And then what happens is she, you know, rebuffs that and says, look, I, I, you know, this time I'm going to get to the bottom of this, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end of that, the reporter says, oh, fine, by the way, I need you to sign the release form so we can use this on air. And she goes, yeah, sure, no worries. And she signs the pen. She gets the pen to sign the release form, right? And it's a pen that says, Dwayne, whatever his middle last name is, Realtor or whatever. And the pen, the pen is sticky. The pen is sticky. Oh. And you know what it's sticky with? You know what's sticky? It's Gatorade. What a fantastic cliffhanger. That's, that's where you go to an ad break in the actual programme. 
So that's just a little snapshot of, of us playing Tall Pines. It's a fantastic game. It kind of works actually quite well over video chat as well uh, in these weird times that we're in. But uh, just to obviously cut you in on what happens at the end of the programme, because obviously we needed to reveal who the murderer was. Let's have a quick synopsis. What did we get to in the end, guys? What was the, the explanation? So Lorraine, if you remember, the FBI agent, it turns out in the end she uh, was the actual murderer because... She was so um, upset and jealous of all the other FBI agents that were solving crimes properly. And as it, as obviously alluded to in the in the episode, uh, she was under a lot of pressure to solve a big case. So it was her that did the murders. And then what happened was she thought she'd be able to solve it and frame one of the other protagonists. But it turned out that she was found out and then she was unmasked as the, as the killer. So it's a little bit like yeah. um, maybe firefighters starting fires to look good, putting fires out. That kind of thing. That's yeah. the because uh, the, the, the main thing it was is that yeah. the Wayne, who everyone thought was definitely the murderer because he was the jealous backup quarterback, it wasn't him. It wasn't him that did it at all. It was it was Lorraine all along. Uh, what did you guys mm. think of Tall Pines? Then did you like it? I absolutely loved it uh, for one reason. I love talking shit. Like that's <laughs> and that's what you do. Like you literally just chat utter rubbish. Um. Yeah, I just absolutely love talking rubbish. And that's what you do. You get to be creative and just talk rubbish. And you kind of have to work together, which we don't usually do well. We don't. Yes, that's a good point. But we, we did do well. We, you know, we're all creatives. And it, it was actually a lot of fun. Bit of escapism, I think. Do you know the interesting thing is, and this goes back to the episode that we did on Dungeons & Dragons, one of the hardest things to do is get a game like that out and then try and get people mm. to... to get into it and like start creating and, and ad-libbing, which is, you know, because it's quite hard. Like Sometimes people don't want to do that or it's a bit weird for them to do it. But because yeah. because it's a, you're playing these cards down that have got pictures or and, and, and the source material is so well known because everybody knows that whole kind of mountain mist weirdness thing that you have, like lumberjack shirts and blueberry pie that you have from Twin Peaks and David Lynch, that uh, it's kind of like reveling in uh, a thing that everyone knows. So it makes it a lot easier. And you don't have one person who's the games master like you have in Dungeons and Dragons who's got to do all the flipping hard work. Everyone works on it together. So I think that's a, a yeah. bonus. You know games that you play where you don't actually have a structure to them? They're the storytelling games where you go around in a circle and you say, there once was a man who, and then the next person said he went to the moon and then he blah, blah, blah. I've always found those games quite tedious and and rubbish because they soon just get really boring and people just say things. It doesn't make sense. You can't really keep track of what's going on. So it was nice to have a structure that you could keep you know, keep on top of stuff and work out what the sort of shared universe was. So I like that. That was actually really good. Because I, I normally yeah. wouldn't like sort of storytelling games because they're a bit, a bit arty-farty, aren't they? Oh, see, I love that. I love the arty-farty. 100% arty-farty for Jess. Check it out. You, I promise you you'll enjoy it. And they've got a little expansion out as well for it called Deep Space Monitors, uh, which takes the Tall Pines world and puts it into the X-Files universe. So it's all about aliens and stuff like that as well. Uh, so there you go. Tall Pines by Self-Critical Hits. It's time for Brian's Board Game Fact of the Week. Brian's Board Game Fact of the Week. Right, my board game fact of the week this week isn't actually about a board game. Well, it is sort of. So I was inspired by the fact we were going to be playing Tall Pines, right? So I've got a fact about Tall Pines. Oh, my word. Have you really? I have, I have. I've got a fact about the tallest pine tree in the world. Oh. Well, actually, oh. it's actually a, it's actually a redwood tree. Okay. Um, but they're, they're part of the... They're a, they're a pine-style tree, right? So... 
the tallest the tallest pine tree in the world not even the tallest pine tree in the world it's the tallest tree in the world it's 115 meters tall it's called uh hyperion which is uh if any of you know your classics uh is named after one of the titans because it's so big um it's bigger than Big Ben. It's nearly as big as the London Eye. It's I think it's slightly mm. shorter than the BT Tower. That's the scale we're going for here. That's how big it is. It's a big tree. That's a big tree, ta- mate. BT Tower. Yeah. yeah, it's up there with it. Um, do you know where it is? Oh, let's have a guess. Um, go on, Jess. Go on, go on, go on. Singapore. No, it's not in Singapore. It's a California redwood, by the way. Okay, so it's in California. It's somewhere in California, but no one knows where it is because yeah. the people that discovered it have kept the location secret so it won't get damaged or people won't go... They're, they're worried that if people Aww. go and see it, it will damage the environment because people will just want to go and see the tallest tree in the world. So, But it's no amazing. one knows where the tallest tree in the world is. But, that I mean, is it begs the question, great though. fact. But it begs the question, though, what if they're just lying? Yeah, yeah you're taking their tree. word for it, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? It is a big tree. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, that's my fact of the week. Bushy's board game thing. Uh, that's Brian's Board Game Fact of the Week. There are so many other great storytelling games out there. Uh, this is, of course, Board Game Thing, powered by the lovely people at Zatu. You can find them on Zatu Games' website. Uh, you guys must have heard of Rory Story Cubes. Have you heard of those? Rory no, Story Cubes? Tell me more. These are amazing, amazing if you've got kids. Uh, because, Or if you're just even bored on the train or you're, you're trapped at home. It's a load of dice with different symbols ah. on the front you roll the dice and then i do this with my eldest daughter quite a bit and you've got to make up a story around what the symbols come up with oh, so and they're all a different really good idea so this is the voyages one uh, and in front of me now you've got like a, a bag of gold a ladder a treasure chest a tablet a, a sundial a laser right, beam. just do a quick do a quick roll do a quick roll let's do a quick roll so we've got three here and it comes up with if you roll them i've got pirate a uh Compass dial and a crown. Uh, there was once was a pirate who uh, went north, sailed north, uh, and he became a king when he found the the land that he was going to. What do you reckon? Yeah. Story finished. Game over. That's a really good idea because it like promotes creativity for your. Jess, you want to have a go? Teach creativity. Um, go on then. Pirate. Go on. I'll give you another roll. Here we go. It's no, give Jess. me another roll. I don't like the pirate one. Don't like pirates. Okay, mechanical cogs, steps leading to a basement. And then some beans. Baked beans that, or runner beans. Say that again? It's steps leading to a basement, some mechanical cogs, so like a machine, and then baked beans. Or beans, just uh, beans. Just beans? Just beans. God, there's no person in it or anything. You can make your own person up. It's getting a bit oh, too I... close to steampunk with that cog, oh, well, I can. <laughs> well, I can add a person into it. You can do whatever you want. Um, we'll just leave I that there. Know. That's, That's really hard. But also, if I had some time to think, I think I could no, come fine. up with a really good story. Sorry, I'll do it. I'll do it. Hang beans. on, hang on. There's cogs, beans, and what was the other one? Yeah, Steps but it has to, to be basement. good and interesting. It can't and just a be a pirate sail north was a man. to go he get went, a crown. He was, he was, his family were hungry. He went downstairs. He put the beans in his cog machine, and it mashed the beans up, and then he went back upstairs and fed his family. See, so that's not interesting. That's the problem. Like, it's just... Basic. Can you also? Can you also? Has anyone got HarperCollins number? Actually, I might actually try and get some as a children's. Also, can you stop? Can you stop doing them like uh, limericks as well? There once was a man who. That's really winding me up. It doesn't have to be like and is you know one of them jokes. Do you know? No more stories for you. I'm not telling you any more stories. Come on, mate. Don't be like that. But anyway, there's loads of different types of Rory story cubes. Uh, I will post. 
the one that Jess got stuck with and that Brian absolutely <laughs> destroyed on uh, our Instagram at Board Game Thing. You can have a look for yourself. Maybe you can come up with a better story. Uh, there's Once uh, Once Upon a Time, a storytelling card game, which has got that kind of fairy tale element to it. I, I played that a lot with my eldest daughter, Erin, when she was about eight or nine years old, but you create a fairy tale together. That's very cool. Uh, Fiasco, the role-playing game. Another game that you can buy the hardback book of or you can download it uh, and print and play it. And Fiasco is really cool. It's like a dinner party game where you, you act out situations from like movies and stuff like that. So there's no one that's the games master making it work oh. or whatever. You just you you work on a scene together, and, and it could be anything from like actors backstage when a theater production's going badly wrong, or secret agents trapped in in like a sinking uh, submarine, all that kind of stuff. So very very cool. And there's also one called Fog of Love, which is uh, a board game based about relationships, and is definitely worth having a little look at as well. Uh, time to give away a game though. This is a new thing that we want to start doing uh, on this podcast on hopefully a weekly basis. Is giving you. Guys guys our amazing listeners a chance to win some stuff there's an amazing game that's up for grabs uh, guys what is it what can people win right now they can win and uh right let, just bear with me it's going to take me a while to say this the quacks of quedlingberg is that right the quacks of quedlingberg quacks of quedlingberg the quacks of quedlingberg it's a board game about um people brewing potions you're like a charlatan brewing potions and stuff like that and you're against other people who are also brewing potions very very cool game very cool i think people will like it very cool board and all that kind of stuff as well all right so this is up for grabs a copy of this jess how on earth can they win it okay so all you need to do to be in with a chance of winning it is to send us your best board game strop so this could be a strop that someone's had whilst they've been playing with you you, it could be quite cathartic. You could you could send us one about a strop that you've had. So if you send that in to at board game thing on Instagram, or you can email us podcast at zatu.co.uk. So yeah, send us your best strop. The, but, guys, can I enter this competition? No, well, not okay. really. We've no. had this tell, conversation. No, no, I'll tell you why. No. I'll tell you why. I've been playing loads of backgammon at the minute, right? And my wife. Um, gets very, 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 very frustrated at me because I I cannot count. I can't count. I'm one of those people that I mean, you know, I I use my fingers. I use my fingers when I count, and I'm not joking. My eight year old son is is can do double the mathematics I can do. Is that even a phrase? Double the mathematics. He can do double math. at mathematics than me. <laughs> I'm so bad at counting that last night we were playing, and she she just she flipped. She tipped a glass of wine over and she goes, look, I will gu- I'll do the counting for you. Just tell me where you want to go and I'll do the counting for you because I'm not going <laughs> to, I can't sit here and listen to you because I do that thing where I go, one, two, three, four, four. No, I can't do that. One, two, three. Do you know It's really weird you should say one, that. Two, three, I, I've got four. the same kind of thing where I do, um, I don't know if anyone else does this, but if, if I've got to spell out a word, like, you know, you type in a password in, in, into your phone or whatever. I don't say that as A-L-B. I say at na da Do you do anyone else do, do at you? Yeah, I do no, that in my head. Bullshit. Like really thick, like really at na da I still do that. Uh, but weirdly uh, enough as well, um, Backgammon, wasn't that the game that Kiala Settle was telling us that behind the scenes of The Greatest Showman, yeah. Hugh Jackman and his wife play? We need to play Backgammon. That's I don't know anything about it. playing it because if I meet, because I'm probably going to meet him at some point in my career and I want to be friends with him. So if yeah. if I do meet him, I've got an in. I can go, oh, do you want to get Backgammon? Got, go, That's a good point. Because they, they're working on a follow-up called The Greatest Tosser and I reckon you'd be a fantastic lead role <laughs> in that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Anyway, tell us Boom. again, Jess. <laughs> In your dulcet tones, how they can enter this amazing competition to win the Quacks of Quedlingberg. 
So to enter, you just need to send us your best board game strop or the best strop you've witnessed during a board game. So if you send it to at board game thing on Instagram or email us podcast yep. at zatu.co.uk. Smash it. Also, like I'm quite a chill person, so I don't really have a lot of strops. But one time when me and my housemate were playing Monopoly Deal, he's really good at it and it really, really, really annoyed me. And he bankrupted me for like the fourth time. And I just put my cards in and I went, no, that's it. I'm not playing if you're going to play by those stupid rules. And I got up and I made a curry and ignored him. So What a, what a flounce yeah. out. I love that. I love flouncing out of a game. That's superb. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, speaking of those ways of getting in touch, that's exactly how you get in touch for our brand new regular feature here on Board Game Thing. It's called The Pitch. It's where you stand in front of us a little bit like in the TV show Dragon's Den and pitch to us your amazing idea for a board game that hasn't been made yet. And we've had a, a thank you to everyone who's got involved with it so far. Uh, first of all, we've got one that's coming on the email. Is that correct? Hello, Brain, Bush, and Jess. I think there might have been a uh, slight auto. I'm used to it now. I just I, I, I get probably about thirty <laughs> percent of the emails I receive daily. Oh, hi, Brain. Hi, <laughs> Brain. The irony. The it. irony. Well. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, this is from Mark and Mark says I really enjoy listening to your podcast it keeps me company when I'm either out getting my exercise or working at the weekends I'm not a board game expert but it's something I'd like to get into and the more I listen to your podcast the more I want to get involved I especially liked your solo episode as I live on my own and think that will help me kill time my best friend is a massive the ones we went in do you like that one? yeah Yeah, the the one just specifically just just to confirm that was the one Mark liked the one the most where you two went in it yeah, Mark's probably not going to have a good idea, to be honest. I'm, I'm not really, I'm not feeling it. So it's hey, fine. give him a chance. Give him a chance. Right. He says, my best friend is a massive serial killer fan. Obviously, we're just probably going to put that under the umbrella of a big true crime fan. Um, so here's his idea. So his idea, basically, there's no board for the game, which is quite good in these COVID times. So he said, you could use a village or town or city that you live in as the board. So a simple example would be Jack the Ripper, who was from uh, Whitechapel becomes your board. You move around aided by an app on your phone. As you walk oh. around, you meet characters oh. via the phone. Like Pokemon Go, that... but with serial killers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I and, like um, it, I like so it. So basically yeah. what you have to do is in the app, you have to walk around and then you, you kind of meet characters from the story who you can talk to and try and get clues from. Do you know the weird thing is about that, though, is that someone was arrested, I think, a couple of days ago for being in the in a, in a woods, like... 15 miles away from where they live trying to catch a Jigglypuff for doing his Pokemon <laughs> Go and they were like it's lockdown it's tier 5 mate get back in the car and go home I think I definitely think there's something in that maybe if you kind of umbrella it in the true crime kind of way kind of like a detective game like we played last week maybe something something similar to that I think for taste and decency reasons you'd probably have to use fictional serial killers maybe because like yeah. it might still be a bit if you go, say if you live in Ipswich, uh, the, you know the memory of the Suffolk Strangler might be a bit, <laughs> a bit, a bit too raw. If you're wandering around, going, just trying to find the guy. It's a crowded yeah. market, though. There's uh, there's a lot of apps out there that allow you to meet other like-minded people in the den of night, in uh, like Dockland locations, which uh, which we won't get into <laughs> on this podcast. Uh, we've had one sent in on a voice note as well, which is an amazing thing. Uh, this is a board game idea from listener Luke. Hi, board game thing. My name's Luke, and here is my pitch for a board game. So this is a game set in the working men's clubland of the north of England in the early 1990s. You are an act, perhaps called Mirage, or if you're a duo, maybe Rum and Raisin. You move around the board doing gigs, keeping your equipment running and earning cash. 
The twist is the winner is the person who owns the second most amount of money. Because if you come first, then Stardom beckons and you are signed to a label. That is actually a really good idea from me, isn't it? I absolutely love that. that. That's brilliant. Yeah, and there could be like challenges in there, like oh, the place that you're at, um, the electricity's run out on the meter. So you get signed to play. uh, You get um, uh, uh, do a two week summer season at your local Pontins or Butlins or something like that. The, the, The genius bit in it is the fact that you can't be that good that you get signed. It's that kind of, it's like creme brulee in the League of Gentlemen, that, that band that never quite makes it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I love that. I love that. Then maybe there's an event card where uh, the crowd is so rowdy, you have to perform behind chicken wire to stop them from <laughs> throwing bottles at you. Oh my God, I love it. Um, what else yeah. Could it, yeah, what else could they, what be good with that? There could be real characters in it, like Bernard Manning could appear in it, uh, like Mike Reed. Uh, who else? Who was a, who was a, a staple of the Jimmy Jimmy Cricket? Come here, come here. There's maybe more, play, maybe you, you end up supporting Black Lace, a working men's club in Rotherham or something like that. Black these are ama- these are all amazing possibilities for the game. Luke, thank you so much. Thank oh. you to Mark as well. Uh, go on, Brian. He's got, so he's I've just, got one more thing. I've got one thing. What I think would be a great little feature. I love it. I'm in 100. percent But what I think would be a great little feature for it is if um, there's an, a bit in the game where you have to split up like Mirage splits up and there's a whole like side round where you have to see who gets the name so you get maximum points if you keep the name Mirage but then if you don't you have to call yourself the new Mirage or whatever like remember like Bucks Fizz there's about 15 different Bucks Fizzes originally Bucks Fizz Dave Jenkinson's uh, Bucks Fizz or the continuity Bucks Fizz I think they were called (laughs) for a bit uh, but there you go. That's fantastic. What an amazing uh, couple of games to end the podcast on. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Bush's Board Game Thing, all about storytelling games. Uh, have a little look on Zatu's website. A lot of the games we've been talking about on this episode are there for you right now. A uh, big thank you to producer Ross. Thank you to Brian and Jess. And we will see you next week. <laughs>